over a decade of experience in video games, and all he has to show for it is this stupid podcast. It's Behind the Line Radio with your host, Kinetic, and it starts now. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Behind the Line Radio. Today, I am joined by a colleague of mine, Marco. How are you doing today? Hey, everyone. Pretty good. Thanks for having me. All right. Thank you for joining me for the first episode of this show. Today we're going to be talking about, uh, a couple weeks ago, there was the Game Awards. Now, this, some people may remember, for a while, Spike had their own video game awards show, the Spike Video Game Awards, VGA, or in the last year it was called the VGX. Uh, This ended uh, a couple years ago, but... They continued it, uh, one of the guys behind it continued it uh, to continue to give out awards for video games, and it's now living on as the Game Awards as a streaming-only show. Now, coming from inside the industry, the Spike Video Game Awards never exactly had a great reputation. Everyone that I know looked at it and saw it as basically just a shallow excuse to promote more commercials to show what's coming up next. Uh, And really, that continued with the Game Awards. It was still just a platform to make announcements for what's coming up. Uh, And, I mean, really, at least from my point of view, as a celebration for achievements in the industry and of our peers, it didn't really come across too well. Now, full disclosure, I actually didn't watch it. I didn't uh, uh, watch any of the Spike Video Game Awards Uh, I'm pretty much just reading the news and looking at the results and gleaning things from that. Um, But still, there's a lot that you can take out of this, just looking at the categories, looking at the uh, who won, and various other things. So, Marco, uh, Mm -hmm. why don't we kick it off to you? Do you have any high-level thoughts about uh, the Game Awards, the Spike Game Awards, any of this stuff? Um, I'm pretty much... I have pretty much the same opinion as you. Um, I have actually watched the Spike Video Game Awards. I did not watch this year's. Um, I actually attended one uh, of the Spike Video Game Awards shows and really just had the same feeling that this isn't, or it wasn't necessarily um, a venue to honor the people that are making the games but rather a big spectacle, mostly commercial, a lot of uh, large companies paying for uh, paying to show previews and things like that, a lot of bands and comedians and really... Hey, Marco, I think you cut out a bit there. Basically, a lot of distractions were televised. In the event that I went to, there was a lot of categories that um, weren't... Te- oh, sorry. Can you hear me now? Yeah, yeah, I can hear can you. you. Hear me? Yeah, yeah. Well... Oh, okay. Skype. <laughs> it's great stuff, isn't it? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, There's a reason Skyped to... is a verb. <laughs> Do you yeah. know where it stopped? Uh, uh, we can just keep going. Don't worry about it. Okay. Um, yeah, I, 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 if memory serves, we were working together when okay. you went to the Spike Awards, and, and I think you went with our manager. <clears throat> Pardon me. Still getting over a cold. I think you went with our manager, and I seem to recall a story about tenacious d being on wires flying over the crowd or was that it uh i don't think well tenacious d was there they did perform uh, i don't remember 
about anything about wires flying, but they did break the stage. <laughs> uh, I think it was Jack Black uh, who had this like metal kind of robot suit on and was stomping around the stage and uh, did end up breaking the stage. So that, that was interesting. Oh, uh, yeah. Actually, probably one of the most memorable parts of my life. <laughs> not, not any, you know, emotional acceptance speech, no great, uh, uh, like, apex of someone's work. It was Jack Black no. breaking the stage. Yeah, pretty much, pretty much. I remember, well, the low light of the show was definitely, they had uh, Sarah Silverman there, and oh. uh, she had a little stand-up segment that she did there. And well, they, had a, they had a segment of stand-up comedy at an awards show. Yes, yes, and it really wasn't funny. Um, <laughs> she actually got up there and for about a half an hour insulted gamers, oh. and um, hmm. yeah, I, I'm not really sure what they were going for there, but um, that was probably the worst part of the show by far. Do you remember what year that was? Was that was like still the first several? Oh man, was that still the first several years of the game show or the uh, video game awards? You know, I think it was. Um, well, that had to have been oh uh, five, oh five, oh six. Okay. I don't recall when they started. Do you? Um, I could look it up, but I don't remember off the top of my head. Okay. Somewhere around there was pretty soon after they started. I think there was ten Spike VGAs. Two Game Awards after that. That would be 12 years ago. It's 2015, so it would have started in like 2003. Okay, so I know it was one of the you know the first ones. Maybe not the first one. Um, yeah. But definitely around 05, 06. <laughs> yeah, I, I remember hearing some stories about that, and it it didn't. I, I guess in retrospect, it felt like a bit more of an excuse to have a party, and an excuse to show a bunch of commercials. Yeah, I mean, yeah, we're probably going to keep going off on the whole commercial side because it's, I mean, <laughs> it really is, for the most part, like, you think of something like the Food Network, and mm -hmm. I actually think the Food Network is brilliant because, one, the appeal is damn near universal. I mean, mm -hmm. there's there's people who have problems where the Food Network isn't going to be for them, but other than, than some of that stuff, it, most anyone is going to be interested in food on some level. Right. And you can always advertise for, like, cookbooks, cooking utensils, stuff like that on the Food Network, your audience is going to be automatically targeted. I mean, mm -hmm. it's brilliant. Now, as for the Spike Video Game Awards, the idea, of course, is that you're going to appeal to video game players, so you're going to have a built-in market for advertising to them. The problem is, it just looks and feels artificial. I mean, yeah. I, like I said in the article, I mean, there, there, there's, a, there's a greater gravitas to like the the Nickelodeon Kids Choice Awards because it actually feels like something. Mm -hmm. And that's not just because of tenure because the, the the Kids Choice Awards they felt like something when they were younger than the Game Awards. If you consider the Spike Video Game Awards and the Game Awards as the same thing, mm -hmm. th they should feel like they have some meaning by now. I mean, it's been a decade. <laughs> that's true. There are people watching it who weren't born yet when the first one happened. Mm -hmm. So, we're, 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 yeah, it just, it just doesn't feel right to me. You know, I agree. I have a similar sentiment. And I think it's just, it's partly because the way things are with the internet and everything, um, information being very, very fast paced. It's like, you, I can see what they're doing. Like you said, Food Network, they're all about cooking. They advertise food products and things like that. Video games are kind of a different thing, though. Um, most people into gaming are probably spend you know a lot of time online, 
and they probably know pretty much everything that's going on or going to go on in the show. Um, you might have a big reveal from one or two companies, and that's a surprise to people, but the way things leak nowadays, it's it's pretty rare that something something very, very brand new that nobody's heard of is actually announced on one of these shows either. Yeah, yeah, because a lot of the stuff that you're going to see announced here is going to be big stuff. <laughs> I mean, there, there there's... A lot of stuff going on in the games industry, so there, there, there's really actually way more stuff than than most anyone can follow. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a surprisingly small industry, but there's still a lot of stuff going on. Um, but a lot of that stuff is is really low level. Like, um, uh, uh, I mean, if you want to get technical, you can talk about how this engine is being uh, released or updated, or there's this new graphics technology or this new whatever. But if you're going to go with the consumer side... There's a whole lot, like, you're not going to see commercials for, hey, here's what's on the, the Steam sale this weekend or, or something like mm-hmm. that, you know, uh, uh, little titles. I mean, you're never going to see a commercial on television for Crypto the Necro Dancer. Mm-hmm. Uh, there, there's all sorts of neat, smaller productions out there. You can call them indie or, or you know, double A or triple I, some people call, you know, <laughs> smaller indie games or, or lower um, level major releases. You're not going to see a whole lot of marketing push behind them. But if you have this huge platform, they're not going to be seen there either. All the stuff that you're going to see on a large platform like this is probably going to be the stuff that you're going to have heard of anyway. You're right about that. Right. I mean, at least for the gaming audience. And that's part of the thing that strikes me kind of weird about the show is, you know, it's definitely geared towards gamers in in general. But I think a lot of the marketing that they do and a lot of the promotion around it is kind of more for the casual audience. Um, So it's it's kind of weird because it's like... uh, you're advertising towards a casual audience in a little bit with these big announcements and big company things, but then you have some categories that are more for like the the little known, you know, gamer only kind of groups. So it's kind of a weird mix to me. They're kind of trying to hit both, you know, the the like core gamers and the casual audience, and that's what kind of makes me feel a little weird about it. Like uh, I'm not exactly sure, you know, I think I think what you might like be trying to get off. at there, instead of maybe instead of calling it the casual audience, mm-hmm. is the general audience. Right. Yeah. Maybe not even gamers, although that's going to be limited when you're on an internet stream. Not that there's there's yeah. you know an internet stream is not a legitimate you know uh, transmission method or or a distribution method for something. I think one of the best shows. Uh, these days is Orange is the New Black, and that's Netflix only. Netflix only. So that's mm-hmm. that's technically streaming. I mean, it's not a live stream, but you know, you take my meaning. Right. It, uh, if you're going to be showing something on video, it, it, television isn't the be all end all. But still, when you're on it, your reach is going to be limited. Mm-hmm. So you're not exactly going to be able to appeal to your general audience that way. At least not yet. Right. Yeah. But what I'm saying is like, yeah, they're still. It seems like they're still trying to do that. <laughs> Even yeah. though it may not necessarily be the best medium for it. On top of that, really, when when you're looking at who they're appealing to, I think like the the whole, I mean, Spike was never exactly a great uh, uh, distributor or channel or venue for uh, more. I mean, obviously, the Game Awards is is trying to present itself as something generally analogous to the Oscars, trying to be the Oscars of the video game industry. Uh, it's a big production trying to say, like, this is a big deal, because for some reason, and and I mean, there is reason for this, but the video game industry 
or video game fans are there there is some force associated with video games that that kind of looks at the film industry as like a big brother or a rival it kind of want to follow in its footsteps while charting its own path kind of a thing so like hey they have an award show we should have an award show too right so here's this thing without mm -hmm. the same kind of like i'm not exactly well versed in the history of uh the oscars but i would imagine that their inception was based a bit more organically than we want to copy someone else mm -hmm. and use that as an excuse to sell commercial space. Yeah. Yeah. I highly doubt that it started out that way <laughs> with the Oscars. But, uh, but another thing that, that struck me because it, w it started on spike and I don't remember if the, there was quite the same association of product, but it feels a lot like, what Spike would inevitably appeal to is what you might think of now as the, the Dude Bro Mountain Dew and Doritos, like, Call of Duty playing gamer. Yeah, definitely. I mean, that's since since the creation of Spike, I mean, it was pretty much, that's their target demographic. Ever, and... ever since they changed from uh, TNN to Spike, it's like the only, what was it, the only channel for men or something like that? Something like that, yeah. You know, aside from all of the other ones? <laughs> well, yeah, they wanted to be blatant about it. Um, their uh, <laughs> their thing was to kind of to be like the edgy, brash channel. Um, but that was definitely their target demographic, and I think it probably just spawned out of, out of that somehow. Well, like... Spike TV already dropped the ball trying to be edgy and brash when they screwed over uh, Paul Heyman and ECW. But that's an entirely different topic. <laughs> Right. Ah, so yeah, Spike starts doing this award show, and now it's evolved into its online streaming form. And this is similar to something my brother actually told me about. Where what was it called here? One second, I have a note. Uh, there was an idea that people, uh, a couple of people, would start giving out awards for just random stuff, and that it would eventually just have some value because people just want to win awards and it was going to be called the two guys who give out awards awards <laughs> and and that's it was and you want to talk about being blatant about what you are i mean there was nothing to it they were just going to give out awards mm -hmm. um and this was by someone named uh, uh my brother wanted to make sure i credited christopher jenkins uh with that idea so if you think about that with respect to the Game Awards, uh, and you look like, especially after they left Spike TV, because Spike gave them a much larger platform, uh, mm -hmm. in, in its current incarnation, it's a little bit like that, where it, it's giving out awards for the sake of giving out awards, and hope, kind of hoping that just continuing it will give it enough momentum that people care about it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think... I think one of the biggest things, too, that you mentioned in your article about this is uh, the categories. Absolutely. Um, I mean, you have to have categories that people care about as well. And right now, they're, they're kind of all over the place. Um, and they, they, they certainly, they certainly, the categories themselves convey a more commercial approach than the industry trying to celebrate achievement kind of an approach. Right. There's there's a lot more granular categories you could have to really um, recognize and appreciate some of the, the work that goes into games. There's so many different positions that, you know, go into a game. And uh, 
and and take for example the Oscars, they they do have some of those more granular categories. Um, for I mean, just example like uh, cinematography, like cinematography, set design, like costume design. Right, right. Um, and you know, I think it might be a lot more interesting for people to learn uh, more about the different roles in the game industry through this award show. And I think that might be a way to make it more meaningful to people is, you know, by teaching them a little bit more about the industry in general, because a lot of people, um, if you say you work for a game company, they they think you just play games all day, or it's just a bunch of engineers writing code. Um, And there's really so much more than that, (laughs) that we can appreciate and look at and um, show, show a general audience. And, and even within certain things like an engineer, I mean, there, there's a whole bunch of different kinds of engineer. Mm-hmm. And when, when you start putting it uh, to the public and you, you try to, to look just at the product as it comes out, it'd be really difficult there to come up with categories. But you can still probably come up with a bunch of better categories than this. Like in this one, you have things like best shooter. Well, for one thing, how do you define shooter? Best action adventure, best fighting game, best role playing game. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they, they look at too many types of games and really some of the best games start to, are, are the games that start to defy uh, definition by a category. Mm-hmm. That's what I think at any rate. I mean, mm-hmm. t- take for example, let's say, uh, I'm just going to go with my standby here, Killer7. <laughs> what the hell is Killer7? I mean, I don't know how familiar you are with that game, Marco, but uh, if you are, how would you just... Dis- how would you categorize that one? <laughs> I am familiar with the game. That's very difficult to categorize. Um, jokingly, I'd say it's a mystery. <laughs> 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 um, but if I really had to, I guess, define it um, using a broad generic genre, maybe adventure. I, I I can I can understand that. I mean, when when I look at it, I one of the games. I mean, a lot of people called it a rail shooter at the beginning, but uh-huh. I, I, I personally, what it reminds me the most of is Mist. I mean, yeah. if, if anybody out there is listening, doesn't understand Killer7, look up Yahtzee's review of, I think it was No More Heroes. And mm. he referred to, because it was made by the same uh, director, Suda Goichi, who, uh, a, a, and he didn't know how to describe Killer7 either. <laughs> um, but bringing it back to the awards here. Uh, I mean, if you're going to compare this to the Oscars, and and you can't make this a direct analog to the Oscars because video games and movies are different mediums and you have to have different levels of recognition. So Mm -hmm. trying to make it, you know, a carbon copy won't work. We we have to recognize that. But still, I think there's a lot you can say about what is different that shouldn't be different. There should be certain things that are more in, in line with how the Oscars are presenting it. So we have all of these awards for different categories. And, I mean, considered, is there an Oscar for best comedy, best romantic comedy, best tragedy? No. Right. I think the closest thing you're going to get to that is uh, best animated feature. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, that just doesn't... The closest thing, I think, is that one here? Best mobile slash handheld game might be valid because there's the the different platform there is different enough that that you have to completely change how you're judging it. Right. So I, I think that one's all right. But okay, let, why don't we just look at this here? We're going to go over all of the categories from this year. 
We had okay. Game of the Year, Developer of the Year, Best Independent Game, Best Mobile Slash Handheld Game, Best Narrative, Best Soundtrack, Best Performance, Games for Impact. I don't know what that means. Best Shooter, Best Action Adventure, Best Role Playing Game, Best Fighting Game, Best Family Game, Best Sports or Racing Game, Best Multiplayer, and Best Art Direction. Now, some of these I like. I like mm -hmm. Soundtrack. I like mm -hmm. Art Direction. Mm -hmm. Um... Game of the year, it's going to happen, so that's fine. Although, if you, you, for some reason this year, game of the year and developer of the year were a 100% overlap. It was the exact same award, given twice. Mm -hmm. The Witcher 3 won by CD Projekt Red for game of the year. Developer of the year, CG Projekt Red won. Mm -hmm. Other nominees for game of the year, Bloodborne by From. From was nominated for developer of the year. Fallout 4 by the Bethesda. Bethesda was nominated... As developer of the year metal gear solid by kojima productions which was nominated as developer of the year and super mario maker by nintendo and nintendo was nominated as developer of the year <laughs> this is ridiculous right right it, i when i noticed that i i would have laughed at it if it wasn't so sad <laughs> yeah um, it's it's a weird thing i mean i know the oscars don't have you know they have like they don't have like best comedy best romantic comedy best you know um satire or you know tragedy sorry or things like that but i would love the to game see industry, best satire though that would be awesome yeah yeah um but in the game industry i do think you need that level i mean let's take for example best shooter is it best first person shooter third person shooter you know like uh hardcore shooter casual shooter things like maybe not that low but at least you know first person third person is like a completely different thing and i think the amount of games that come out in those subgenres can make those those subgenres worth it hmm. for a video game award show at least now now actually speaking of this because because it sounds like you're advocating for a lot more categories to recognize to, to dig deeper into each genre um i would personally i, I kind of feel it needs to be that way because um there's so many games that come out uh during the year and some of the first-person shooters and third-person shooters are very different. Um, so personally, I think, or I would like to see them recognized separately. Um, take, for example, RPG is like strategy RPG, action RPG, turn-based RPG, or, you know, something else. I, I think, you know, some of those can be broken out. Um, on a lesser level, I, I think, you know, for mobile and handheld, that's actually a pretty different market as well. Um, so personally I would split mobile and handheld. Um, and I would also split racing and sports. I thought those were a little weird <laughs> that they were lumped, lumped together like that when they're such a different genre of game. Right. <clears throat> I, and, some of that might be because of rocket league itself. They, they weren't comfortable <laughs> categorizing it as, as either. And it wound up winning. Uh, -huh. yeah, I, I guess because it's both. <laughs> <laughs> again like i was saying before some of the best games kind of challenge your definition of a genre true um true. it's interesting you you would you would kind of call for more because one of the again comparing it to the oscars one of the problems there is because they always wind up uh, uh going way past their schedule mm -hmm. whereas it it from what i've seen again didn't watch it so let's start uh talking and complaining about something we haven't actually directly seen right it's the way of the internet but uh from what i've seen it looks like uh the game awards this year 
actually ran at a pretty brisk one hour that they used to hand out all of all of the awards. So oh, that's pretty that, good, actually. Yeah, I, I I saw that and I was impressed. Huh. Uh, so you could probably add a whole bunch of awards and actually still have it run at a pretty brisk pace. Mm-hmm. Um, on the I on the other hand actually think it, it would be good to move away from uh, genre recognition mm-hmm. or perhaps you know run them on the side like uh, instead of per, perhaps instead of making them uh, full-fledged awards to have like you know because if you have it as a full-fledged award then you have to have one winner and you have to have all the nominees everything has to fit into these slots and they mm-hmm. Ideally, those slots should be the same from year to year to year to year. And trends in games are going to eventually dictate that some of that is going to move around. Mm-hmm. I mean, do they still di- give out uh, disco Grammys? <laughs> I, I'm not sure, actually. So that that's an example of how that can kind of, you know, mo- move off where, where away from where you really wanted it to be. Right, right. Uh, in my opinion, at any rate. Mm-hmm. Um, so what you could do instead is have like, um, something a little more akin to a hall of fame introduction where you could say, this is an excellent example. This is an excellent example. And it hits these, these genres. So, so it's a lot more amorphous, mm-hmm. uh, when it comes to the, the primary awards, um, I think there should be some more technical achievement kind of things. You know, like I said, I like the uh the score and uh art direction perhaps something specific for like you can split art direction a little bit where you can say these animations are good this level design is good this Mm -hmm. um uh uh world design right Uh, they have they have performance which i believe is specifically for uh voice acting uh uh-huh because it's for, uh, for example, one of the nominees was Mark Hamill as the Joker in Batman Arkham Knight. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and, I but, completely but can... agree with you there. Um, in addition to maybe you know breaking some out, breaking some genres out of the the main categories, I would love to see more categories that actually focus on you know the technical aspect of the game industry and the work that goes into making the games. So I would definitely love to see something uh, along those lines or more more along those lines yeah some, something like uh you could have a uh user interface menu design type yeah. of thing i mean definitely uh it's a lot of it is pretty rote in games you have your standard menus but every so often you come up with a game that that presents its menus in a new way that's just particularly intuitive mm-hmm. uh user interface is just one of those things that that you don't really want to notice because if you notice it, it's getting in your way. Mm-hmm. But every so often you still get something like uh, uh, Secret of Mana's ring system, as mm-hmm. I date myself a bit here. Uh, but, I mean, that, that was a completely different way to present the menus, your inventory menus and everything, and mm-hmm. it worked really well. But I haven't seen anything... I don't think I've seen anything like that one since. And, and so that might... I don't know. But uh, it, it, you, uh, another possible thing you could do is have a a, a category for um how to put this most innovative idea you know that this is something that you could leave the definition intentionally Mm -hmm. uh vague at least a little bit 
where you could say, okay, what was the best idea? What was the best new mechanic? What was the, the most like disruptive thing this right. year? Right. Uh, I, I was actually thinking something along the same lines too, with, with uh, like mechanic, like in, uh, mechanics and innovation and things like that. I mean, um, I can't recall what award show it was, but I have seen one that gave out like an innovation award. And it was kind of what you were saying, where it wasn't anything specific. It was just whoever made the biggest impact that year on right. the industry as a whole through what they did. Yeah, and and that's something that just part and parcel just just goes hand in hand with the games industry. You're going to have some significant innovation over the course of the year. It's mm -hmm. going to happen. Mm -hmm. uh, and there's just so much out there, and and you can have just this tiny little game with this great idea and and it it can wind up just cascading through and through i mean ftl i mean it wasn't exactly an innovation but ftl just completely reignited roguelike and procedurally generated games mm -hmm. uh so that that and maybe that's what they're talking about with the games for impact but i think games for impact is supposed to be more uh just looking at the nominations, there's a Life is Strange, uh, Her Story, Sunset, Undertale. I think I think it's supposed to be more along, that one's supposed to be more along the lines of this is a story in the game that is very impactful to Yeah, I think they're going for like emotional impact. Yeah. Um, rather than like industry impact. Yeah, interestingly, I actually showed you uh, uh, on the topic of, of uh, emotionally impactful, there's uh, another... <laughs> awards show i can't remember the name offhand but it's specifically for emotion awards what if the game can make you feel an emotion then uh i guess you're nominated or you win or something like that i don't know if it's supposed to be like maybe they have one award for every emotion yeah i'm I, oh man if they late. do that if they do that i hope the awards are colored and shaped like the lanterns of the different lantern cores like green lantern <laughs> and, and the yellow uh-huh if anyone so doesn't some, know, I'm making a DC Comics reference there. So some free-to-play games would win the uh, the Orange Greed Award. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Mercy. Yeah, you showed me that article. I, I have no idea what they're planning to do with that. I mean, that just sounds like the strangest thing to me. Like like you said, what are they going to do? Have, like, category for sad and happy and angry? Is, like, angry going to be, like, the buggiest game? Or, or what? Like... <laughs> I don't know. Um, this seems really strange to me, and I, I'm really interested to see how this turns out and, and comes about, or, or if it does, because um, it just seems so out there. Yeah, actually, you know, speaking about Buggy, um, being, coming from QA, I, I really wish you could make an award for Best QA, but that's completely impossible. It is completely impossible. Hmm. Uh, it, it, there, there's a lot of time. The, the only the only interaction that the public has directly with QA is when a buggy game comes out, they say, why didn't anyone test this? And yeah. pretty universally, the reaction from the people testing it is, yeah, we know. We oh. know this is a problem. We told them it's a problem. They didn't fix it. Right. So you really can't, you can't, I, I've heard it said, you know, you find a whole bunch of bugs in a game. Great. That doesn't mean you have a great QA department. That tells you how crappy your developer is. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, it, it's uh, people sometimes think you know like QA is finding the bugs, 
but the developers are making the bugs. <laughs> <laughs> they, they make the bugs and they may or right. may not fix them. Right. Yeah. So that's the way it, it really is. <laughs> yeah. So that that's completely hidden from the public. Anytime you're looking at the finished product, you can't tell. You cannot tell what, what <laughs> QA went through for that. Uh, right. So that, that, that's just off the table from an awards category, but they're, they're, you know, I, there's I still wish... other stuff. I, you know I... what, you know what, you want to make this commercial. What you can do is say, you can actually, I bet you could, you can make an award for best advertising campaign. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I, I, I would be willing to accept that because advertising games is actually probably a bit, a bit trickier than advertising movies because you may have to work to find your audience. Yeah. Movies. I mean, I'm not saying that advertising for movies is necessarily easy, but you can tell when you look at, you know, how much a studio spent on it, how much they spent to advertise it and how much they earned off the movie. They're pretty good at it. They, at, at this point, it's been around for many, many decades. Right. And they understand the business. They understand the market. They know what they're going for and they know how to get it. Mm-hmm. I mean, sometimes they might rely on like the Hans Zimmer brom a bit too much these days. But uh, <laughs> apparently, Hans Zimmer regrets that now. Really? Yeah, because it gets overused like that. Oh, okay, okay. I, I don't exactly blame him, but um, I'm gonna have a little tangent here. Its use in Inception is brilliant because if if you didn't notice that music that they're playing when they're going down in levels of the dreams. The sound that you hear is actually the previous, is the slowed down version of the song in the previous level. Oh, okay. And so when it gets slowed down enough, you just hear that boom, boom, <laughs> as each note hits. Okay, cool. Which, yeah, it. I just thought it was a really nice, subtle uh, element in that movie. But mm-hmm. back to the awards. Okay. We've hit a bunch of uh, potential new categories and our problems with the current categories. Another one of the problems that these categories have. I mentioned earlier that you kind of want a continuation from one year to the next to the next. Um, And we're not going to go into the history of this other than to say these categories are not consistent Mm -hmm. from year to year. Like from 20, just from 2014 to 2015, they like dropped two categories and added two more. Um, I know in 2014, I think they had best online experience for example and it's not here anymore and if you're you can't look at an award show and think that it has like weight and gravitas when these categories are changing the 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 award itself is for the category Mm -hmm. and if there is this much shuffle in the categories you know this award isn't necessarily old Mm -hmm. you know it, it does it doesn't have a history you're not you know sharing this award with other luminaries of the industry right and also a, you know the the removal of that reward like best yeah you're experience doesn't yeah. make any sense <laughs> i mean i think that would actually be a, a good inclusion into the award show yeah especially since almost every game has an online component nowadays you know a lot certainly <laughs> a lot right i it, and actually that that's another thing you could look at for for innovation was is um uh for example, like uh, Bloodborne was nominated here from software. One of the things where from software started making a big splash was uh, Demon's Souls, the precursor to Dark Souls. Uh, and it had a very innovative, uh, not exactly always online because you could force it to play offline. Mm-hmm. But uh, what everyone else in the world was doing 
would impact your game or they could invade or help you or you could invade or help them. So it is this sort of not exactly versus multiplayer. I mean, that that was a pretty innovative design which deserves some recognition. And and with the uh, each of the categories being continuous and having history from year to year to year, not only does that mean uh, uh, this innovation, this achievement gets recognition, it means it gets remembered. Right, and I think that shouldn't be overlooked either. People are seeing it, you know, year to year. I think it's very important that the category, categories stay standard and yeah. not change. Because like you said, otherwise it's just you're making up categories to give out rewards and they really don't mean as much. So these aren't the only these main awards that we're talking about also aren't the only awards that they give out they also have these fans choice awards which i suppose are voted on by fans but these start getting weird um one of the categories is trending gamer yeah which looks like it's primarily talking about streamers you got uh total biscuit and pewdiepie on here uh so that I guess that just comes down to a popularity contest. And Pretty if you much. want to talk about uh, uh, just how much commercial influence this has, promotional hype engine, just how much of that is permeated into these game awards, one of these categories is most anticipated game, <laughs> which just, I don't know, hurts my soul a little bit. Yeah. yeah. That. It again. It's a pop, This is a pop. This part is just a popularity contest, and that's not. I mean, I, I'm not that. There's a reason. The re. This is why I'm not considering these fan choice awards with the same sort of severity that I'm considering the primary awards because it's just weird. You know, you can't. You can't. You can't put too much weight in this because if you're going to talk about popularity, I mean, the fact of the matter is, in the end, this is a business, mm-hmm. and. The brutal fact of the matter is no one's going to care too much about these. What people are going to care about is if they can make money. Right. I think how you say it's a popularity contest is really, really fitting. I mean, if you think about it, I think about it like a high school yearbook, (laughs) you know, or the high school experience in the yearbook. You have, you know, the people in the yearbook and your grades are what matters, right? But in the back of the yearbook, you have, you know, most likely to succeed. nicest car or whatever things like that things that nobody past high school is ever going to care about ever again and that's kind of the way i feel about the uh the fan choice awards for the for the game award show on top of which like if this is supposed to be talking about particular achievements (laughs) trending gamer they theoretically this could have all of the same nominees year over year over year you're not looking at any particular work or achievement of them. Mm-hmm. It just doesn't work. You know, esports game of the year, that's another one of these categories. You know, at least you're referring to a particular game. Mm-hmm. And actually, what would be even better is if they were talking about esports match of the year. Mm-hmm. That would be pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, because it's referring to a particular event in time, a particular achievement, something that's not going to. I mean,. Th- because it's a particular match, it won't. It can't be considered for another year. It was a part of this year. It can't be considered in another year. Right. You know. Right. It's entirely possible that a game of the year, an esports game of the year, you know exactly what you're going to be 
what's going to be popular and big in esports can continue from year to year to year. Mm-hmm. Uh, esports player, player of the year, also year to year to year. Anticipated game, I suppose that could go year to year to year. Um, <laughs> Half Life. Uh, Last Guardian is on the nominees. Oh yeah. <laughs> Uh, it could have gotten pretty ridiculous if people hadn't given up on Duke Nukem forever. Although mm-hmm. I suppose maybe they hadn't when the Game Awards, the Spike Video Game Awards started. <laughs> True. Um, actually, one of the most interesting of these is Best Fan Creation, which looks like it's talking about, I don't know, it, it, it looks like um, primarily the, the idea... It, it's a little strange. This this category has fewer nominees, but it's got some uh, fan expansions or, or mods. But so, so you have Portal Stories, Mel, uh, some GTA stuff, and but but the, they also have Twitch plays Dark Souls. So it's not explicitly a game or a change to a game or a mod or anything like that. Twitch plays Dark Souls was an event, right? That's not even like a fan creation. That's definitely more of an event, like you said. Well, fans created the event. I mean, I'll, I'll be fair to them and give them that part. But uh... Also, fans had to modify the game for Twitch to be able to play it. <laughs> they had to cheat. Yeah. By, by the original rules they entered it, Twitch lost. Badly. Mm-hmm. Very badly. Uh, then, here's actually something I don't mind at all, is, is the Honorary Awards. Industry Icon Award. Mm-hmm. Um, there's... I, I just don't have a problem with this. Just to have, again, kind of like we were talking about uh, before with, you know, kind of a, a a vague, like, this is something that deserves recognition, but a lot of the stuff in games kind of defies definition. So here's someone that we know deserves special recognition. Here's the award for them for this year. Um, they probably could do a better <laughs> explanation of why they, they get these awards, but, you know... There are certain people that are in the industry that that are known, but aren't so closely tied with any particular work that they, if you had a Game Awards show that did have that kind of clout and gravitas and had certain well-defined categories, they'd never get nominated for any of those categories, but their work still deserves significant recognition. Mm-hmm. I'm glad you agree. <laughs> I'm trying to, I'm actually trying to think of an example right now who who I would say should be recognized but Gunpei Yokoi who creator of the Game Boy and um Metroid if oh, memory serves Oh okay okay yeah yeah um yeah another one of the really strange things comparing the Game Awards to something like the Oscars is that the voting and this is something I mentioned in my article, is that the, the voting pool was actually shockingly small. It was like 30 people. Yeah, yeah. And there was that whole big controversy about, you know, who was in that voting pool as well. Yeah, they, they like, only invited one woman. Uh, I don't know if it was invited, but there was only one on there. And I, then I, I, th- I think, I think was... a couple of people were invited, like... like I, I know Kotaku didn't vote, but if you if you look at it a certain way, like Kotaku w- uh, was extended an invitation and could have sent a representative mm-hmm. of their choice. Like they could have had one person from Kotaku invited and they send someone else instead. Right. Uh, I th- a couple of the organizations associated with it did something like that. 
Mm -hmm. uh, so I think they had a couple of women uh, uh, voting, but it is still like, if we're working to try to, <sighs> here's, here's the issue is that if we're working to try to have games be inclusive mm -hmm. and not limited to the aforementioned Mountain Dew drinking Doritos eating dude bros, mm -hmm. uh, it is important to take into consideration as many points of view as you can. Mm -hmm. uh, and and it's hard to have a lot of different points of view with only a few dozen people. Yeah, definitely. The, the voting pool should be larger than a grade school class. <laughs> right. uh, and, and that's one of the things that's uh, notable about the Oscars is that there's I want to say 5,000 members. I, I I put the number in the article and I can't remember it off the top of my head, but the, the, that a lot, right. hundreds and hundreds. Yeah, that sounds right. And, and if you're going to have something that appeals to that many people, it it is probably, you know, you can disagree with, with particular things. You can disagree with particular nominations but or, or winners, but you're going to, if it convinces that many people to vote for it, it's going to be that decision is going to have a lot of clout and you're going to be able to see a reasoning for it. Whether or not you agree with the reasoning, there there is a reason there. Right. Yeah. It, it, and, and with the whole, like I said, trying to be inclusive, mm -hmm. if we're trying to bring everybody together to enjoy games, expand the market, I mean, th there's a lot of, like, like I said before, uh, uh, you have the video games industry kind of trying to have this award show to follow in the footsteps of Hollywood. And mm -hmm. there's articles that come out all the time about, oh, video games are making more money than Hollywood movies. Let, let's just ignore what the production costs are like and that the market is completely different. Mm -hmm. um, damn, I forgot my point. <laughs> uh, oh, I've done this on other shows too. Well, I forgot what I was going to say while I was saying it. <laughs> okay. My face is red. Whole point. Whatever I was going to say. My point is just kind of running over again. We need to be inclusive. We need to take other viewpoints into account. We need to try to understand where everyone's coming from. And and this is just a, a sort of a symptom of that whole trend. Mm -hmm. <sighs> and, okay, so I actually think the most interesting thing to come out of the Game Awards this year was the whole Hideo Kojima being barred from attending. That did seem to be the most talked about thing from the show. Yeah, that's about the only thing anybody cared about. Yeah, after you talked to me about this, I actually looked at like the Reddit for the VG, the Video Game <laughs> Awards show, and 90% of the posts are about that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and... Unless it was some brilliant uh, publicity move to get more <laughs> uh, interest in the Game Awards, so they constructed some huge, you know, elaborate hoax... But uh, no, 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 that, that, that would be, It'd be very overly complicated. <laughs> yeah, that's why they shut down Kojima Productions, mm -hmm. to get more eyes on the Game Awards <laughs> and its internet stream. <sighs> yeah, it, hey, credit where it's due, they, they handled that, they, they seemed to handle that pretty well. They had a little, you know, off-the-cuff speech recognizing the strangeness of the situation while giving respect and credit to Kojima. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, th those are always, <clears throat> those are always strange and difficult situations. Yeah. That was handled with about as much class as, as you could ever expect. Mm -hmm. 
So the final point that I really wanted to hit on was just comparing what the Game Awards were like to something else I found. The Game Developers Conference does give out its own annual awards. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you ever looked into that one, Marco. Um, I do look at the results from those. All right. um, being in the industry, it's just good to see what's going on and who's being recognized and what new interesting developers or games or game styles are coming out. So I do actually follow the winners of the GDC awards. Yeah. And the way you described it feels like exactly what the award shows should be. Mm -hmm. That's actually something I wanted to talk about um, a little bit too. I'll go ahead and let you um, finish your point. Um, Oh yeah. I I was just going to go on about how it, it, it just feels more like the industry itself recognizing its own achievements it it, i mean that phrasing made it sound a little overly self-congratulatory which is also a criticism uh levied against the oscars Mm -hmm. but really i mean there's a certain level of value to it Mm -hmm. yeah i've been thinking a lot about um you know it's kind of clear not a lot of people necessarily care deeply about the, the video game awards and maybe not even a lot of people watch it um so I've been thinking about, you know, different ways that it could be better. Um, and one of the things I thought about, and it comes from what you said about GDC, is that, you know, there are these shows where everyone's together, where they're already showing off the new stuff. So I was thinking, like, take, for example, E3. If you made E3 the venue for the video game awards, like, everybody's already there showing off their stuff. Um and it's already it's, a commercial platform. Oh my god, that's completely it's brilliant. A commercial platform, and everyone's there already. <laughs> and <laughs> um, you know, I was thinking, like you know, say like the music, any music award show. Generally, there's performances and things like that that people are interested in. Um, yeah, you could have you know matches or tournaments, say at E3, uh, for entertainment. Yeah, and, no, instead that's of, say, and it kind of like what you said with like match of the year. Um, I mean, a lot of like big matches or highly anticipated matches could take place at this event and really draw in, you know, uh, the core gaming audience. Yeah, that, 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 that actually feels like a very elegant solution to this distinction where you have E3, which is this, you know, commercial excessive, mm-hmm. um, I mean, you can also call it a celebration. I mean, it, 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 it is in excess but it is in celebration Mm -hmm. uh and you could have all of this you know uh these more um i'm struggling to find the right word let's just go with energetic Mm -hmm. you know it basically make the whole thing into kind of a party Mm -hmm. uh which it sounds like the spike from your description sounds kind of like what the spike video game awards were already (laughs) and contrasting with that you could have the more industry like like the e3 would be the the commercial consumer focused side of things Mm -hmm. and the gdc awards would be the more industry uh, i hesitate to use the term uh uh, exclusive or inclusive or whatever uh but um much more internally focused uh uh, where so the e3 and the game awards would be a celebration Mm -hmm. and the gdc awards would be recognition Mm -hmm. i think that could work pretty well so like yeah like the technical uh categories that we were discussing earlier could happen at gdc and most of the more you know commercial ones could happen at e3 but it's it's that and um 
although I'm saying you can have events uh, at E3 for this and everything, so I, I, what my point was that they should be more game-focused events. Like, the VGAs were a party, mm-hmm. and but they had music performances, they had stand-up comedy, <laughs> and <laughs> they all this had stuff. stand-up that, comedy or comedy that didn't quite get the room at any right. rate. They had an attempt at stand-up comedy, I should say. <laughs> um, and that stuff, I feel, is unnecessary, but I do feel that uh, game-related performances or events or something like that um, would be a lot more appealing at video game awards. Hmm. Say somebody trying to break uh, one of the game records or a speed run or, you know, um, for fighting games, for example, um, world championships or something like that. Uh, maybe um, I'm sure this will probably never happen, but kind of some of the esports games could have exhibitions there or something like that. Like the yeah. team that won the international, you know, versus team that won last year or something like that. Um, Try to events. get a few of the top uh, fighting game players in there. Right, right. Just, you know, these like showcase events um, mm-hmm. can be pretty interesting, I think, or more interesting than random stuff they used to do in the VGAs on Spike. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, no, I get what you're saying there. It's, it Again, it, it sounds like a, a celebration, but as opposed to what the, 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 the Spike VGAs were for just trying to make it a general party. Yeah. Make it a celebration entirely focused on the games. Right, right. Exactly. I like that idea. I like your idea. I like the way you think. <laughs> well, I always try to think of, you know, like, there's definitely a problem. I see a problem with the, the, these video game awards and the way they are. So I always just try to think of what's the solution? You know, what could make it better? Um, yeah. <laughs> and, I mean, that's at least my opinion. That's how it could be better to me. Um, I don't know. I mean, a lot of people that, that watch it may not think so, but I like watching, you know, game competitions and things like that. Um, I like, I love E3. <laughs> um, I like the fact that there's a game award show and I think they all fit together really nicely. All right. No, I, I, uh, hopefully something like it, cause, uh, you know, other, other, uh, even, even film have, has, a uh, uh, different award show. Uh, for that that kind of focus on slightly different things. So I mean, mm-hmm. you you have your uh, hell, you have your golden raspberries. So of course, uh, a whole bunch of people in video games have their worst games of the year list. So I mean, it's <laughs> and we're working in the internet. We got no shortage of opinions right. there. So I, I I suppose that's one of the problems with the the, the two guys awards with that kind mm-hmm. of idea these days is because you know everybody's a platform these days and everybody's handing out awards mm-hmm, mm-hmm. real for, quick or, before, or titles or anything uh real quick i should mention that e3 does give out awards during the show um i have no idea how those are calculated or done um <laughs> but i know they for anybody that's actually listening that uh, it's like oh they do give e3 awards yes i, I do know that <laughs> um, but uh i don't think anybody knows how the e3 awards are calculated <laughs> Hopefully the people handing them out do. Yeah. Um, so uh, what I'm saying is putting something together like the v- Video Game Awards and E3 to make it a more formal thing is, is what I think would work better. Yeah. I, I, I am aware that E3 does have awards. <laughs> but but I think if memory serves, those awards are mostly show-centric. You have like best of show, most promising, that kind of stuff. Yeah. yeah. So, so it's not necessarily... Again, it's not necessarily celebrating... 
what came out before. It's all looking ahead. Mm-hmm. Which, you know, that's kind of what E3 is. It's it's a, it's it's a trade show. I mean, it's it's become a convention and 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 this other stuff, but kind of still the the common thread under all of that is that it's a trade show. Right. It has changed a lot recently. I mean, I remember going to E3 in the early 2000s and you would see a game there that wouldn't come out like till six years later. Um, not quite the same. Oh, how times have changed. <laughs> yeah. Not, not quite the same. You'll, you'll see stuff there that's a lot closer to uh, coming out and um, a lot, a lot of stuff that's more complete nowadays. It could just be the, the speed of technology nowadays and information, but um, it definitely has changed uh, to be a little bit more commercial in a party than, than a uh, preview kind of trade show. Yeah, yeah. Okay, uh, well, I think uh, that, that more or less wraps up uh, our thoughts on uh, the the Game Awards. <laughs> yeah, they, they don't even call it the Video Game Awards. It's just the Game Awards. Uh, that is kind oh, of well. weird. I mean, you. Hmm, I would wonder why. It's like, I wonder if throwing in other kinds of games would actually make it more appealing or less appealing. Say for like board games or card games. Yeah. I, I mean, uh, you know. <laughs> let's uh, let's have a fan choice award for the best LARP session. <laughs> let's live stream a LARP. Yeah, actually, that might not be a bad idea. I mean, LARP national championships or something. <laughs> I could yeah. see that on you got ESPN. Any of LARPers out there? <laughs> yeah. Not that I got anything against LARPing. I just I'm, I'm pretty sure that's not how it works. <laughs> There's got to be a competitive LARP league. There has to be. <laughs> something. Something. <laughs> There's probably people who have modified the concept to, to be able to make it competitive. <laughs> <laughs> oh, mercy. Well, this is the part of the show at the end here where normally, I say normally, I haven't done it yet. I would like to ask my guests for a little story that they might have from their time in the industry. But since this is the first time, I'm going to do it myself. Um, this story comes from quite a while ago. This is back before iOS, before Android, before, kind of before BlackBerry, I think. Or maybe when BlackBerry was just becoming a thing. I was already in mobile, uh, so we were testing on, on old flip phones. And to test on those phones, you had to, all of your, pretty much all of your phones had to have a plan, a data plan. Otherwise, you wouldn't be able to get the game onto it. Uh, it's not like these days where you could just hook up to Wi-Fi and get something else done. Uh, the phones back then didn't have that. Um, so one of the phones that we had, one of our testing phones, kept getting called by a bank. Uh, and it was like a, a chase kept calling this number. And we were really confused. We were like, no, there's, there's no one here by that name. There's no one here by that name. And they kept calling and calling... And it got to the point where he was like, okay, what was the name? And it was, I, the, the, the actual name w- was something a little bit weird. It was like Paul Washer Berexi or something. Um, but what we kind of translated it to was Paul Walker. May he rest in peace. Uh, and the <laughs> we started like back cranking them because they, they were talking about, they were calling in asking for some like past due charge and so we started this is a great story i'm going to tell you about uh 
reverse crank calls and I, I don't remember, I can't, I can't actually, um, reproduce any of them, but, uh, it, 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 uh, it became kind of a running gag in the department where you would just have the Paul Walker phone and occasionally you get a phone call and you can have a conversation with the chase bank and, you know, put on some weird voice and, and say something stupid. It's like, uh, did, did, you know, we have this outstanding charge. Do you accept doubloons? <laughs> or something weird like that. Uh, it, it was it, it was a lot of fun. Eventually, it got a little distracting, and, and the manager grabbed it. It's like, this is a place of business. This is a business number. Please take this number off. You are not going to get who you want here. And it, it made me a little bit sad that it went away. But, you know, it was a distraction. It, it, you know, the manager was right to do it. it, it, it but... Uh, yeah, it was it was it was fun while it lasted, <laughs> and the legend lives on. <laughs> and the legend lives on. Ah, all right then. Well, Marco, thank you for joining us here. Thank you very much for having me. Hope to see you again soon. That's us discussing the Game Awards, what we think of it, what we think of the concept, and where we think it can go from here. Uh, since this is the first one, the uh, uh, the first edition of Behind the Line Radio, I think I should explain the scheduling plan. Uh, my hope is to alternate. One week you'll have a Behind the Line article, and the next week you'll have a Behind the Line Radio. Doing much more than that, uh, I probably can't maintain. Uh, I do have some other projects that I'm hoping to work on. I've mentioned it before. I'm hoping to have a collaboration with Goose, working with... Uh, as I mentioned earlier in this show, Killer7. Um, we're working on that. Uh, hopefully sometime next year to... Yeah, that's specific. Sometime in the coming months we'll be able to get that out. But uh, in the meantime, this has been Behind the Line Radio, and I hope to see you all next week. Not next week. Two weeks. I just explained this. It's going to be two weeks. <sighs> all right. Well, again, thank you to Marco... And thanks for joining us. Behind the Line Radio is presented by Enthusiacs.com. For more podcasts, Let's Plays, articles, videos, reviews, and more visit us at enthusiacs.com. Also, send us a comment on Twitter at Enthusiacs. View us on YouTube, channel Enthusiacs, and like us on Facebook, Enthusiacs. Enthusiacs.